0: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. Jesus, Word of God, reveal more of yourself to us through your presence in the Bible. Led by the Holy Spirit, guide our time of reflection. May it increase our desire for you in the Scripture and in the Sacrament. Amen. As I mentioned last year, Palm Sunday breaks the mold of what we're normally used to. We start with a Gospel reading, then have the Old Testament and New Testament readings, and then conclude with a rather lengthy account of Jesus' Passion. In year C, we hear Luke's account of the Passion, but because it's so long, I won't even try to break it all down in our setup. Instead, we'll look at the first Gospel reading, and then talk about the two readings that follow, which, truth be told, are the same passages from Isaiah and Philippians each year. Our first Gospel at Mass recounts Jesus' triumphal arrival to Jerusalem, and the scene in Luke's Gospel is chock-full of Old Testament allusions. For one, we're told that he arrives at the Mount of Olives. This links back to a verse from the prophet Zechariah, who said, On that day, God's feet will stand on the Mount of Olives, which is opposite Jerusalem to the east. Then, sticking with Zechariah, Jesus rides along on a donkey, reminding us of when Zechariah said, Behold, your king is coming to you. A just savior is he, humble and riding on a donkey. Yet we keep going, because we're told that before he sat on the donkey, Jesus was helped to mount it by his disciples. This is similar to after King David appointed Solomon to succeed him. His officials mounted him up upon his own mule in 1 Kings chapter 1. But then on top of that, or perhaps I should say below that, we're told in 2 Kings chapter 9 that when Elisha's aide anointed Jehu as king of the northern kingdom of Israel, the army commanders spread out their garments and cloaks under him. And then to round out the Old Testament allusions in this gospel passage, Jesus says at the very end, that if his disciples keep silent, the very stones will cry out. These are similar words to those of Habakkuk, who was speaking out against injustice in his time and said that the stone in the wall shall cry out, and the beam in the frame shall answer it. For all the background we see in our gospel passage, when it comes to our first reading from the prophet Isaiah, however, we're at a loss. We have the third of four servant songs from the book, but we really aren't able to identify who the speaker is intended to be why the speaker is being afflicted, and who is doing the afflicting. Perhaps Isaiah leaves all of this intentionally ambiguous. One helpful piece of background, however, is that in the ancient Near East, honor was something highly prized. And to be publicly humiliated, such as what the author is describing in our first reading, as he is spit upon, beaten, and has his beard pulled, is something especially dishonorable. If one didn't respond to such dishonorable treatment— It was because deep down he was admitting that he had done something to deserve the dishonor. The speaker acknowledges that this is not the case, but he looks to the Lord God as his help and says, therefore, I am not disgraced. Looking at our second reading, lastly, let me tell you about Philippi. It's the intended audience of our passage from Paul's letter to the Philippians. Philippi was located in what we know as Greece today, but a few centuries before the time of Jesus was taken over by Philip the Great, whom you'll remember as Alexander the Great's father. He named the city after himself, thus Philippi. Eventually, it became a Roman colony, but most importantly, a vast number of Roman soldiers lived there after their retirement. Sort of like the villages for Roman soldiers. But to take the analogy further, imagine the villages where all of these old army veterans loved to boast of their own accomplishments and accolades. They loved to tell us about how great they were. Well, that was Philippi. And into that environment, Paul writes this letter, encouraging them to seek humility. Listen to the verses preceding our excerpt at Mass. Paul says, Do nothing out of selfishness or out of vain glory. Rather, humbly regard others as more important than yourself. And then he says, Have among yourselves the same attitude that is also yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, and then the reading continues from there. The passage itself is a hymn presenting a contrast. God, the highest form of being, took the very lowest form of being, a slave. Rather, he emptied himself, taking the form of a slave, coming in human likeness. This slave humbled himself, even to death on a cross, a very humiliating slave-like death. Paul is putting all this forward as an example to those veterans in Philippi. Live like Jesus in a way that seeks the way of humility rather than self-exaltation. Because, as Jesus himself says, Those who humble themselves are precisely the ones who will be exalted. So that's it. That's your Sunday setup for this Palm Sunday in your seat. May this knowledge of the story behind the scripture allow you to encounter Jesus Christ in a new way this weekend. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.